Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. They tell you that God is dead, but man, they still want you to have a purpose. They say, look at your parents. Hard-working migrants, work two jobs, struggle all your life, buy your kids a house. There, yeah, that's purpose. They tell you to be a doctor, a teacher, be creative, do something, believe in something, believe in family, in the future, save the world, believe in love. But fuck it. I'm no scholar. I'm no worker. I'm no poet. Good evening and welcome to television. Hello. Hello. Hey there. Hey. Whoa. Whoa. I'm Wayne Stellini and welcome to Fredwatch, where we view and review everything from the mainstream to the obscure. Staying together while we're keeping ourselves apart for lockdown number six in the state of Victoria, I'd love to welcome back Miss Kendall Richardson. Hello. I'm still here. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> I uh. wouldn't let you go anyway, Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> Good. 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 Uh, as always, it's it's wonderful to be a part of this show. I, I love talking movies and I love talking movies with you, Wayne. I love talking movies with you too, Kendall. Always yeah. nice to have you on Fred Watch. So Thank you. how's your week been? All right. Yes. Yes. Week has been fine. Yeah. Another, another week in lockdown here in, in Melbourne, but it's okay because, you know, there are plenty of things to, to watch on the TV screen while we're stuck at home. How about you, Wayne? pretty much um, in a lovely routine. So working, watching, podcasting, <laughs> pretty much in that it. order too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's great. <laughs> so Wayne, we're here to review a movie. Would you like mm. to tell us what that movie is? Today we're going full on all night. Come on. Head on. Please explain. First generation Australian, 19 year old Ari, Alex Dimitriadis, clashes with his traditional Greek parents, who express their disappointment in his directionless life choices. Little do they know that Ari is confronting his sexuality, and over a 24 hour period will engage in multiple sexual encounters, take assorted drugs, and will get in trouble with the law. Based on Christos Solkis's 1995 best selling debut novel, Loaded, Anna Kokinos's multi-award-winning adaptation divided critics as well as the Australian Greek community upon release with its uncompromising portrayal of alienated, nihilistic youth. But Kendall, did you roam the streets of Melbourne and meet Ari head-on? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, wow, what a movie. Yeah, this is, this is really cool. I really enjoyed this. And as obviously I am, well, maybe not obviously because it's an audio medium and you can't <laughs> see me, but... I am uh, very much Anglo, very much your white Aussie, but two of my closest friends are Greek. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself imagining what growing up for them must have been like in certain ways just by watching this film because, you know, you're really there with Ari so closely and intimately throughout this whole thing and just absorbing all the, the struggles, the highs and the lows that he goes through over the course of a day. It's, yeah, it's a pretty full-on day that he takes head on. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pun, what of it? Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I really enjoyed this movie and I, like, I just, the way it was shot was just really, like just felt really kind of down to earth. Like it seems that it was a, a lowish budget kind of movie but that I don't think hurts it in any way because 
the performances you're getting from this cast are just outstanding, especially hats off have to go up front to Alex Dimitriades as Ari because mm. he's carrying this film. He makes it look effortless, like mm. the way he's just in this character and in this lifestyle. Like it's so authentic and so realistic to me, the way he is and what he's, you know, how he portrays what he's going through. is just, yeah, just breaks your heart a lot, frustrates you a lot. But you're, you're rooting for him at the end of the day, regardless of, you know, what he's doing, really. You kind of want him to come out on top. So he comes off as a very good, very good hero, I suppose, of this story, a very likable person, really. I mean, clearly not perfect either. But no matter the background, we can all relate to going through family torment of mm. this nature of like, you know, when you're a teenager, especially when you're in your late teens and you're still living at home and your parents are like on you, you know, you're still under my roof, all this, even though you're technically an adult now because you're over 18, but there's this clashing that happens for everyone. It took me back to my late teens as well, just, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I mean, my parents were a little strict and yeah, I was, you know, certain things I were not, was not allowed to go out and do, even though I was like, but I'm, you know, I'm 19. What the hell? Like, yeah, but no, no, we're going to have arguments about it. So I kind of related to that as well, but it's just beautiful the way the story kind of unfolds as he's just traversing the streets of Melbourne over one day. Like, I really love how the film is constantly showing us this conflict between contemporary lifestyle, like Australian lifestyle and your traditional Greek lifestyle as well. Like the way the two of them are just clashing throughout this whole film is so present and so obvious, but it never feels, never really feels heavy hitting because it's just, that's Ari's life. Like he's literally caught between these two cultures because of where he lives and how he's been raised and the friends he has, the lifestyle he's in. And I think the film does a great job of really showing that, like those two opposing forces that make up Ari's life. It's really powerful, really strong. And then just the way that I suppose someone figuring out their sexuality too, on top of all of that, like not just the fact that he's, he's living in late 90s Australia, late 90s Melbourne, and, you know, he's going out all the time, he's, he's drinking, he's doing drugs, it's all this. On top of that, he's also coming to terms with trying to figure out is he gay? Is he bisexual? Like, you know, what is he like? Who does he like? And he's totally comfortable with experimenting, very sexually active individual. Mm. And he's not afraid to really kind of explore that. He's definitely afraid to show it openly. He's totally not openly gay or anything. He still hides it. And I kind of like the scenes with Tula slash Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> she was one of my favorite characters. The scenes where like she's living her best life. She's living her truth, right? Mm. And they're having this conflict about, you know, because Ari is, is still clearly in the closet and is still ever all his Greek friends and families really still think that he's uh, a good good straight boy, you know, <laughs> going to marry, marry a Greek girl and, and get a job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's what you, you know, do. And it's what you do. That's that's what you're raised to do. Yeah. And then, you know, so I love the way that Tula really challenges Ari with his truth and the way that struggle is depicted as well. Paul Capsis, I have to, again, hats off to him mm-hmm. as well. What a brave performance from him as Johnny slash Tula, like just knocked it out of the park for me. But yeah, I could go on and on. I would really love to know 
your thoughts, Wayne, of Head On. What do you think? Tell me everything. I've seen this movie quite a few times, actually. The novel that it is based on called Loaded is actually one of my all-time favourite novels. So no pressure to the team who made this. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure at all. No. Well, you know, my opinion mattered so much back then, I'm sure. But yeah, I think that, and I'm going to try not to acknowledge the book too much because a film is a film. It's its own beast. So overall, I think that this is such a solid effort. I agree with you on pretty much everything that you've said, Kendall. I think the pacing of this movie is really good as well. Even when we sort of slow down from Ari's antics and escapades and what he's getting up to and who he's getting up to them with, we're really heavily invested in him and his world. It's incredibly cynical. It's one that doesn't really want to confront what the reality of his situation is. So while he's engaging in this hedonistic lifestyle, he's not really acknowledging about where that might lead to for him. If anything, it's there to be quite self-indulgent, which is perfectly fine. But Mm -hmm. it's so he doesn't have to acknowledge an uncomfortable truth. And I think that's why he clashes with Johnny a lot when Johnny presents as Tula because it's a reflection of something within Ari. And that's not saying that Ari has this compulsion to present as female or to be quite effeminate because he is quite a masculine man. And we've even got, you know, one of his best friends acknowledging saying how glad she is that he's not effeminate and I'm purposely paraphrasing, but you know, I I think that has that underlying theme throughout the whole film about gender and how we present ourselves and how these characters fit in to this world because Ari might be a gay man to those who know he is gay but at least he's still behaving like what we expect a man to behave. And Mm. that's why Johnny, even when he's not presenting as Tula, is still confronting because of how effeminate he is and how open about it he is. There's that wonderful confrontation that we have between Johnny and his father when Johnny Mm. appears as Tula and it is just the most insulting thing for Johnny's father to hear his son call himself by his dead wife's name, because it seems like such an insult. It's this degrading thing. It's this abnormal and abominable thing that Johnny is doing, but Johnny's doing it as a tribute to no doubt the woman that he's loved the most in the world and a woman that he wants to celebrate and try to embody as best he can because it's the ideal representation of womanhood for him, this beautiful woman that gave life to him. So those two takes are quite interesting. We don't delve into them at all in this film because it is Ari's point of view. So because Ari is reluctant sometimes to engage with Tula, never stands up for Tula. Mm. The only time that he will try to do that is when they're being held in the police station. Yeah. But other than that, Ari doesn't want to stand up for Johnny or Tula that much because then it compromises his position and where he's at with understanding his own identity. Yeah, so, exactly. 
Yeah, so I think as a character study of Ari, this film does such a great job. I think we learn a lot about Ari throughout this movie. And I think we don't really know where Ari is going to end up in the world. I sense he'll be okay, though. I feel like that whilst there are certain things he's afraid of, there are other things that he's not afraid of. Just even the thought about him wanting to go to Greece just as far away as he can, but still connect in his own way to his roots and traditions. So whilst Ari clashes with his parents, his father especially, because his father is quite a traditionalist, there's still this desire for Ari to still stay connected with his heritage. Yeah. And I think that that shows the evolving generations of Australians who come from migrant backgrounds because they're trying to set up their own path about fitting into what Australia expects from them while competing with what their parents expect from them because their parents still have a mindset and this idea, an idolised idea of the village back home over in the Mediterranean. So that's a difficult thing to compete against because you can never win. But Ari is kind of more of like of an anti-hero almost because he rejects everything. (laughs) He kind of rejects both the Greek side of him and the Australian side of him as well to some degree because he doesn't really believe in any of it. It's almost like when you're being sold the Australian dream and you just think it's a lie. He doesn't buy into it. We don't really know what's made him so cynical. We know that he's unemployed. We know that he is quite directionless, that he lives for the lifestyle that he has, having sex, taking drugs, getting drunk. He's an amazing dancer, just putting that out there too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So as an antihero, he is quite cynical about the world that he lives in. But is that because he doesn't know if he can fit in the world, because he's not comfortable with his own identity. He's probably not really even sure what that identity is Mm. because seeing the extremities of the queer community that he sees through Johnny, it doesn't appeal to him at this stage. He's just in it for the sex and that's okay too. If that's fulfilling and, That's just what you want to get out of it. But we sense with Ari, it's because there's some vulnerabilities there that he does not want to confront. We get close, very close, when he begins to develop feelings for Sean. And these feelings come about pretty quickly for both of them. (laughs) They only just meet. And almost 24 hours later, Sean admits that he's starting to fall in love with Ari. And that's quite scary for Ari. We see the way that Ari behaves with other men and women too. And he's always dominant. And when he's forced to be passive in these sexual encounters, he finds that quite confronting. And he has that conflict with Sean because he doesn't want to be vulnerable. He sees sex as just this quick fuck, this quick release. Yeah. But Sean is more mature. He looks older. He seems a bit more sensitive and more in tune with himself and with the world around him. Just a bit more lived and experienced, I think, across the board. More responsible, all of these different things. 
And so when he and Ari are about to become intimate, Sean is looking for that intimacy. Yes, it's a hookup, but there's been some build-up towards it. It's not like they just met off the street. No. But Ari treats him just like another fuck, Mm. even though there's feelings and chemistry there. And we can see it when Sean kicks Ari out into the hallway and Ari's there just by himself, naked, crying, says, I'm sorry, but it doesn't matter. Interestingly, Ari's next sexual encounter, the anonymous sex that he will have, he does something that he doesn't do throughout the whole movie when he's having sex. He approaches this man and immediately drops to his knees in a submissive position. Mm. So whilst the behaviour is still the same, the attitude is slightly different. It's already sort of having this vulnerability coming out. It's a slight example of growth. What I like about it is that it's really interesting because it's not the type of growth we expect in a character. It's like, oh, okay, you're still going about this behavior because you are getting some fulfillment out of it. I mean, he must, and he acknowledges it himself, that he does feel some connection sometimes. He says, Mm. you know, he's having sex, looking into someone's eyes. He can almost feel that there's something there, but then it disappears once he ejaculates. So... Mm. It's not like that Irie doesn't have any feelings whatsoever. He is an incredibly well-written and well-rounded character in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we attach ourselves to him so much yeah. because he is so complex and he is far from perfect. And mm. really he's behaving like anyone in their very late teens, early twenties would behave, especially yeah. when we consider his home life and his background and what he's dealing with internally, it has to be expressed and it has to come out somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that Ari uses to support himself in dealing just through the day-to-day of existence that he isn't feeling quite fulfilled with overall, I don't think, is music. And music plays a huge part in this film. Not only is just the soundtrack, but... The fact that a lot of the times he's got earphones wedged in his ear so he can block out the noise of the Mm. world that is telling him to be this way or to do this or these are the expectations. He doesn't buy into it, but it's flung in his face all the time. (laughs) And that can be frustrating, right? (laughs) You know, especially because he then has to go and and see that his cousin is getting married, you know, has got engaged. And so it's literally thrown back into his face again. But before I go on to those types of expectations, because Kendall, you are my music expert. What did you think (laughs) about the way music and sound was used in Head On? Yeah, I, I really liked it as well. Super effective. (laughs) <laughs> especially I, I, I had to have a little squee moment when I heard Danny Minogue playing because <laughs> I, I love that song so much. And I was like, oh, and then they turned it off and I was like, oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> Is that um, when Ari but, decided to play the theme to Shaft? <laughs> yes. Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> but, yes, the way music is, is used is kind of, I kind of like how it was, Ari's way of maybe blocking out 
the outside world mm, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like as he's got his headphones on, he's walking around. But but it's also interesting how he like it's just another really good way of the, the film just showing the conflict between the Australian and the Greek lifestyles because, you know, all, there was so much Australian music in this film, like mm. contemporary Australian music, and then you had so much beautiful traditional Greek music that, as you mentioned earlier, like Ari still, he definitely has an attachment and some kind of pride deep down for his Greek heritage. And uh, I think that most comes out with the music and when he performs yeah. The Greek dancing in this like it's mm. it's it's just it's it's wonderful to watch he's such a good mover and I kind of liked the way like that's how the film kind of ended too with like mm. him doing these beautiful moves uh on the waterfront there and then also the fact that they ended up going to a Greek nightclub mm. that was just playing like they had a band there that was playing this gorgeous music and it was just interesting to me that someone who was just I got to go out I want to go out I want to you know meet girls meet guys have sex all this stuff you know rebelling against his family right and he goes willingly goes to like a Greek club that plays all that lovely music and he's totally he seems to be fine with it I thought that was I fully expected them to walk into you know some like revolver or something you know what I mean (laughs) like just some kind of like you know seedy Melbourne nightclub but it was actually yeah it was a Greek it was a Greek club so that was also very interesting like he can't not that he can't escape his roots but he's you know they're just constantly there throughout this journey that he goes on and yeah the, the way that music is used is just again just a lovely way of communicating that conflict throughout the film and I guess it doesn't yeah. hurt that Sean was at the club as well. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's exactly right. Oh, gosh. Can I talk about him for a sec? You can Cause... talk about Sean for as long as you like. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a question. I need, I need, to, need something clarified. So yeah. does Sean have a girlfriend? Was a girl, that woman implied girlfriend or just a woman friend or maybe a casual thing or I don't know? I always got the impression that Sean is gay, that he's not attached to a female and that he's got close female friends, that they're all uni mates together. Maybe he experimented, who knows? But uh, that's that's how I've always read Sean, that he is a gay man, yes. Yeah, okay, wonderful. Because I don't know, unless unless I just read the, the scene wrong, but when Ari arrives at the club and he sees, you know, Sean's there, but then this wonderful uh, lady friend uh, is sitting next to him, it, it just, his res- immediate response to her was just jealousy felt to mm. me. I don't know if I'm maybe misinterpreting that. Well, I, no, it wouldn't surprise me because Ari can be quite volatile and, True. From the get-go, from our opening scene when Ari is crashing at his brother's house, a lot happens in that morning. <laughs> that yeah. Brief, brief time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the film establishes itself really well and the dynamics oh. between the characters. But one of the moments that I really like is when Ari's got the grape in his mouth and he spits it out. Oh. <laughs> And Sean collects it and puts it in his mouth. And I'm like, well, that's that's a sign if ever there was a sign, right? I know. 
true. Like what a <laughs> what a wonderful way to let someone know you're into them. Absolutely. Like, just, yeah. yeah. Someone you've met like for two minutes. <laughs> oh, I know. Like I know it's a movie and it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's fiction, but you know, this is uh, things have like this happen in real life, I guess. But like the fact that, you know, Sean was so quick, quickly, like, I think I'm falling in love with you or kind of thing. I'm like, you've known him less than 24 hours. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Really? I mean, I don't blame you. He's, you know, he's pretty fantastic, <laughs> but no, I really loved that. You know, some of my favorite moments I think in the movie were, the scenes they shared together because yeah. you can feel this chemistry between them instantly. Oh, the, um, the sexual tension is palpable. Ah, uh, so palpable. You yeah. cut it with a knife. Yeah, is, for sure. It is stunning. And yeah. Demetriadis oozes sex appeal, <sighs> sexuality, yeah. charisma, sex in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes. Like mm-hmm. just the way he carries himself is incredible. And that's that type of confidence that you can see Ari projecting on the world because mm-hmm. he's sex obsessed. So he embodies sex and sexuality in his own way. Mm, absolutely. And whilst he keeps his sexuality pretty much to himself. I mean, those closest to him knows that he's attracted to men. And even his sister, we can assume, does as well. Just with the throwaway line when Ari says to Alex about hopefully getting his vibrator back when she yeah, <laughs> feels that. That was great. She's about to lose her virginity to her boyfriend. <laughs> I, I like that. That was good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there, there, there are people who know the real Ari. I guess, and who are respectful of protecting that for him. His own conflict is never used against him Mm. at all. It causes conflict, yes, but no one is ever forcing him to come out except his auntie who reads Mm. he leaves. I really like the scene between Ari and his auntie played by the beautiful Maria Mercedes, just stunning, just absolutely stunningly performed. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree. The way that something like reading tea leaves, which, you know, a bit of fun, it's like tarot cards. People can either truly believe it or just have it as, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Hey, I'll read my horoscopes in the paper every morning. Yeah, whatever, you know. But here it's treated almost like a religion. (laughs) And the way that Ari and Alex just down their tea and and flip the mug over to, to have the tea leaves dried so they can read it, they really believe it. And obviously their auntie is really good at it. So good that it's incredibly confronting for her and Ari because she sees someone who wants to look after Ari. Name begins with the letter S. (laughs) And then when she banishes Joe and Alex out of the house so she can talk to Ari one-on-one, she goes dead serious. It's like the tea leaves never lie. I saw the face. So she sees the face of a man. And Ari doesn't deny it, doesn't really say anything, but his look says it all. 
And she gives the advice that one could argue would be expected from someone who is quite traditionalist. And that is find a girl, get married, have a child, and then do whatever it is you want to do. As long as you meet those expectations that a man should meet of getting married and starting a family, it doesn't matter what he does on the side, as long as the illusion is what it should be. As mm. long as you're presenting to the world this normalcy, the expectations, the mainstream ideology, we're okay because then nothing is disrupted. And a scene like that also reiterates why Johnny is so confronting. Johnny is so confronting to his community that Dimitri. Ari's dad doesn't even want to talk to Vasily, Johnny's dad, because of what his son is like. And Ari has that moment where he goes to try to stand up for Johnny and is shut down immediately. And yet another fight ensues. Mm. So that already tells us why Ari is internalizing his feelings and expressing them in another way. Mm -hmm. He's got nowhere to go. Nowhere in the immediate family, his parents, even his extended family, his auntie. No, there's nothing. You have to do what is expected of you. And Ari rebels against that throughout the entire Mm. film. Mm -hmm. So no wonder that when he ends up with Sean in the end, it's challenging for him. This is a guy that he really likes. But he doesn't know how to behave with a guy in a manner that is more than just sex. Mm. And it's Ari at his most vulnerable, I think. And we see Ari in a few vulnerable moments throughout the film. Mm -hmm. I think especially uh, in the police station, that's one of them. But I think he is the most vulnerable in that moment with Sean. And we just see how Sean almost puts a mirror in front of him. And it's like, well, show me what kind of man you are. This hyper-masculine act that Ari's putting on doesn't work for Sean. And it's not going to help Ari out at all. And I think Ari realizes that, that he does need to break down some barriers because I think for Ari, Sean is the one. (laughs) And I say that in terms of, I don't think Ari's ever felt this way about a guy before. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. One of the things that Sean says very early on is that you remind me of John Cusack. One of the greatest compliments you can give a man. <laughs> I know. My gosh. <laughs> but Kendall, did you have much thoughts on that scene between Ari and his auntie? It's it's one of my favorites, I have to say. I think it's just so exceptionally played out. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely correct. No, I really like that scene as well. I probably don't have anything to really add to it apart from what you've said because you summed it up perfectly. I really would have loved to have seen his auntie more. Like, I feel like the only crime of this film is the fact that as we're experiencing a day in the life of Ari, we're meeting all these different characters, uh, all these people in his life, whether they're family or friends, but we're only seeing them for a brief period. We're with Ari for the whole nearly two hours, but we're only with these beautiful characters for maybe five, ten minutes max, Mm. if that. And that's just a tragedy. Um, no, because, they do beg you, know, you wanting more, don't they? They really do. And I feel like that's the mark of a really great film. That's a mark of a great director. And 
and an incredible cast if that's what you're coming out of it you mm. know with that's how you're feeling yeah because there was just so many wonderful performances but yeah I really loved and Maria Mercedes as his aunt and that yeah that scene just the again the tradition coming mm. back through and uh, something that that Ari believes in so strongly as well and I kind of love you know there's always that one aunt or uncle that's got <laughs> your back right like yeah. there's always that family member outside of your immediate family that sees things from the outsider's perspective mm. and can relate to a niece or a nephew because they've probably been in a similar situation themselves. So they can give advice and they can give perspective that won't damage the child in any way, mm. really, because they're not disciplining them because mm. not, that's not their job. So I really love the way that that's communicated as well in that scene. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. Well, one of the things I like that you did mention that about, you know, uncles and aunts, because let's face it, all uncles and aunts have a favorite niece or nephew. True. There's no denying it. There's always a favorite. I don't care what you all say. <laughs> There's always a favorite. <laughs> and you sense, or at least I did, that Tasia, his aunt, mm. Ari is her favorite. Mm-hmm. You just sort of sense the way that they engage with one another. And especially because Ari is clearly at a similar age to Joe, so her son. So yeah. these cousins are of a similar age. So they would have just mm-hmm. grown up together like brothers. So she really would have seen Ari as another son. And I think that that disappointment and fear that she expresses when she reads the tea leaves is a reflection or a prediction of how his mother might react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found that interesting. Yeah. No, you make a good point. Yeah. For sure. Kendall, I'd like to talk about a specific scene, if I may. And I'd love your take on it. Okay. There's plenty that we could dissect and we dissected a few already. Mm -hmm. But I want your opinion on the police station scene. Oh, oh, I had a feeling you were going to ask about this. Mm. I've got a reason Um, for asking, but. (laughs) Okay. We'll we'll get to that, I'm sure. We will. (laughs) Just overall thoughts on Ari and Tula in the cop shop. Oh, my word. Yeah, that was a very sobering scene, mm, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good word that sums that up because, you know, they're both high as kites. And, I, and, and it's, <laughs> The scene it's, in the cab was brilliant leading up oh to Oh, my that. God. I was, <laughs> I was just going to mention that. Go um, for it. <laughs> but I love, I love that scene in the cab and it's such a stark contrast to the immediate following scene like they're in such good spirits they're Mm -hmm. getting along with the cabbie there's this camaraderie developing and then because of who these particular officers are Mm -hmm. i'm not going to say the police in general obviously but these two particular officers that are in this film you know they just seem to take offense to the way ari and tula are are presenting themselves in the world and then of course because they have drugs on them badness equals badness but yeah, it was just, oh my God. So it was an interesting decision. Like I imagine, I imagine the scene is in the book, is it not? Or or is or no? No, and this is why I mention it. The Oh yes. The the film is pretty faithful to the book. And obviously you can't put everything in there. But what they do put in there from the original text is pretty spot on. 
this scene completely written for the film and not in the novel at all. Oh, my Lord. And the reason why I wanted to ask you about this was because I can't help but know what's translated and what hasn't. Of course. So, and please tell me if my pre-knowledge or bias is infiltrating my opinion on that scene. Okay. For me, it feels out of place and I think even unnecessary for what we get out of it. Yep. And for me, it's the, I think the purpose of it was for Tula to then confront Ari outside on the street. Yeah. And essentially Tula to reiterate, I'm me, I'm not afraid to be who I am, but you are. It's to confront Ari that way. I feel like that that's the purpose of the scene and to maybe even further reiterate how confronting Johnny is when he presents as Tula because one of the police officers is of a Greek background and finds Tula offensive. Yeah. But I feel like we don't particularly need that scene because I think we get that anyway because just before we see this whole venue come to a standstill, when Tula mm-hmm. enters mm-hmm. and dances very quietly in her own little world there, everyone's either captivated, disgusted, looking at the freak show, looking on with curiosity, enjoying. There's all of these different expressions from the people who are encircling her. But the fact that she has to even tell the band to carry on and play. Yeah. And I think there's even one musician who just puts their instrument to the side and refuses. It's those visual cues like that that tell Mm. us everything we need to know. So Mm -hmm. for me, the inclusion of that police station scene is unnecessary. And because as we're going into the night, the tone and the way that it's shot literally, you know, physically is dark as dark as dark. And then we have that stark contrast of the police station, which, and I know that that is intentional because Ari even acknowledges how bright it is. Mm. You know, there's, it's almost like you can't hide. There's no night to cover you and and what you're getting up to. So I don't think it's a bad scene. Don't get me wrong. In fact, I think it's a really good scene. I Mm -hmm. think it's really well played. I think Alex Dimitriadis and Paul Capsis are amazing in it. They are Mm -hmm. so vulnerable. They are so Mm. strong. Even the cops are appropriately antagonistic. Mm. And you can even gauge their two point of views. One feels embarrassed on behalf of his culture. The other one is just a prick. And is probably embarrassed based on his own ideas of masculinity. So again, we can unpack this scene. It's really good. Overall, though, I feel it unnecessary. You know, does it hurt the movie? No, I don't think so. But just curious your thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's why I was asking about this scene, like, being in the book, because I was starting to kind of realise, I think, that maybe there was, like you said, something out of place about Mm. it, especially just because one of the cops happened to be Greek. For some reason, that felt like... Like I understand the choice in that and mm. it adds to the the impact of the scene. But for me it was like really? Of all of all the, the cops to pick them up, 
one of them just happened to be a Greek cop. Mm. I mean, sure, I'm, I imagine there's plenty of Greek policemen in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> there's plenty of Greeks in Melbourne. <laughs> there's <laughs> so many happen. Greeks in Melbourne. So it's oh, definitely, it's definitely possible. a thing. It's totally possible, not, si- not outside the realm of possibility at mm. all. But it did feel a little like, oh, okay, of course. Um, so that's why I was like, mm. oh, was this actually in the book? But then also um, it does feel this, this scene has a very different tone to everything else mm. in the rest of the movie. And throughout the entire film, we have a lot of confronting moments and experiences that Ari is subjected to. But this one is just coming back to reality mm. kind of thing. You know, he's in this drug fueled haze for most of the movie He's dealing with his own issues in his own world. And then all of a sudden he's in this bright white room mm. and it's, you know, he's not in his own fantasy anymore. This is real life. He's regardless of what the police think of him or think of, of Tula as people, as humans, they've still been picked up for drug possession and they're mm. still in the lockup. Like that's brass tacks. Mm. That's the situation. They don't explore any of the ramifications of that from that angle per se, but like, you know, that's the real world kind of hitting hard. And the rest of the movie just doesn't have those kinds of issues hitting Ari, really. Mm. It's like, this is the only one. And you're right. As good as the scene is, I think it's great. I think it's powerful, super confronting. It's not pleasant to watch. It's police brutality, really. It's abuse of power and of just just in general, flat out abuse. And it's just heartbreaking to see Johnny put through that. Mm. And again, Paul Capsis, hats off to you mm. because my goodness. <sighs> yeah. When, you know, when I said earlier, brave performance, like this is one of the moments for me where he was just like, oh man. And I loved his strength as well. He's still being who he is and is refusing to give in even in the face of the law even in the face of these assholes he's like no 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 this is who i am you can't take this from me i won't let you take this from me even though ari is begging him to shut up Mm -hmm. really the one time one like one of the times that apart from you know what you mentioned earlier but like just i kind of felt like ari was trying his best i suppose as best as he could do to look out for johnny in this moment because I suppose in Ari's mind there's a time and a place for this mm. and it's that place is not now, yeah, which is unfortunate. But I totally respect and admire Johnny's courage in that, in that scene and in that moment. And then, again, the scene afterwards when they're out on the street and you just see the aftermath of what they've just experienced. I loved that exchange between them. Johnny says something to Ari along the lines of it was like, stay quiet and that's where you'll stay. Yeah. And I, I thought that was really powerful. And Ari was just like, my truth is my own, like mm. as well. Like he's not willing to share it with the world yet. He doesn't want to be forced into making that decision. He, I don't think he has anything against Johnny for being who he is really, but he just kind of, I feel like he maybe finds some self-loathing in Mm. just seeing Johnny, maybe finding a lot of moments to actually be true to himself and be taller. 
Yeah, he's embarrassed by yeah. it, I think. And, and, yeah, a little bit too, yeah. And I think probably the one of the good things about that scene in the police station is, the way I read it at least, is that when Ari tells Johnny to reel it in and calm down, yeah. I actually think it's probably the only time that he does that because he has these moments with Johnny throughout the film, yeah, about where, where he's clearly uncomfortable with yeah. Johnny acknowledging him when he's presenting as Tula. But I feel like that when he's in the police station, Ari's not saying it out of any type of self-interest. It is, no. shut up, I don't want you to get hurt. And, exactly. You know, Ari would have gone to his defence and protected him had he not been threatened by the other police officer who yeah. just really, really did not like Ari at all. Like, oh, you know, God. Yeah, puts the gun to his head, right? And, you know, he finds... Tula a laughing stock, something for mockery. But with Ari, he sees a man, the typical man. So now it's the two peacocks, <laughs> you know, trying to trying to outdo each other. And obviously yeah. a police officer in a police station is always going to win. Ari learns this very quickly and complies. And he's brought down to earth. Those drugs have worn off by that stage. I'm not chuckling mm. anymore, right? No. So it is quite a sobering scene. Like you've said, it's a good scene. Overall, mm-hmm. I don't think it was necessary. No. Um, no. And admittedly, it, I don't think it hurts the film overall. And the reason why is because the performances from Alex and Paul are just incredible in it. Yeah. Like, I mean, throughout the movie, they're just fantastic. So, I mean, if anything, it gives them something meaty to play with as actors. But I did find it an interesting choice to create this scene. Unnecessary, but I don't want to be ragging on it too much because <laughs> because I feel like I've said unnecessary about 70 times already. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But uh, you know what, Kendall, there's a lot of scenes that were necessary. I'm curious, mm-hmm. did you have a favourite moment, line or performance in Head On? Yes. What? Oh, my God. What would my favourite moment be? I don't know. I Just as an honourable mention, I did really like that cab scene. Just mm. the fact that it was it was two Greeks and a Turkish man just <laughs> uniting <laughs> over uh, cultural humour, you know? Like it was just, it was just wonderful. Like yeah. there was just, it was, it was just so heartwarming. It was a nice, <laughs> it was a nice lovely little moment shared between them all and just kind of a moment for all the facades to just kind of drop and yeah everyone to just ah you know breathe out that sigh of relief I mean I don't know if I have to say a favorite moment maybe like I was very happy when Ari and Sean finally got together I suppose Mm. I think I cheered (laughs) when I was watching it (laughs) yes oh my god it was so wonderful and and it was so interesting too because there was no music in that scene. It was absent of any other sound except the two of them. So it just felt super intimate hmm. and realistic in that way. And it made me think about that line, and we've already mentioned it, but when Ari's in Johnny's bedroom and him and, 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 and Johnny are kind of having this flirty kind of thing on the bed and stuff and and it's when Ari's like, have you ever been in love? Do you hmm. ever have, like look into someone's, you know, he's like, I think, I look into someone's eyes when they're having sex and I, I, I can feel yeah. something, but then it's gone immediately after. 
there were these lovely moments between Ari and Sean where they're just they're silhouetted beautifully too but you can see the how they're looking at each other mm. in that scene even if you can't fully properly see the looks on their faces you can really tell it's played out beautifully and it just made me think of that moment I'm like oh my god is he feeling the thing that he wants to feel <laughs> that he says he feels can he make it last but it was just so Oh, I got so angry <laughs> when Sean got upset with him and totally understand why, of course, I don't blame him, but it was just heartbreaking because you've spent the whole film kind of being devoted to the two of them, right? Mm. Invested. And for it to kind of fall apart at the last minute like this, it just broke my heart so much because I was just like, why must you self-sabotage, <laughs> Ari? Mm. Like, come on, why do you have to do this? But then that moment when he's out in the corridor crying and apologizing repeatedly, repeated, whether or not Sean can hear him, like I feel like he's he's saying sorry to himself, to be honest. Mm, like okay. that's also like I think it's a bit of both. Mm. Just because I feel like he wants it's like you were saying before, he I think he wants to be with Sean and wants this life experience, but he's just so afraid of it because it's not anything he's really ever had before and he doesn't know how to really be in those situations. He's the dominant male in these situations and clearly this dynamic between the two of them is very different to his usual encounters and not just because of the fact that they have feelings for each other, clearly. I feel like he was probably so... He felt so bad for for hurting Sean, but at the same time I think he felt very bad for hurting himself and like ruining this opportunity to kind of actually find something beautiful in life, something real. So I really loved that quite a bit. And just the way the two men play that, and we haven't mentioned yet, but Julian Garner as Sean, I also really liked his presence on screen. He played the character really, really well. I love the flirtatiousness between the two of them, especially when like earlier in the film when like when he's walking him home and, and stuff and they have that kind of exchange on the side of the street and from across the street and all mm. that it's just it's just really nice and I really love the way and just how realistically the two of them Alex and Julian just sold it as actors as well so yeah just just fantastic Wayne how about you what are your favorite moments performances or, or lines anything anything you got I'm sure you've got a list um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know I'd love to know yeah I'll, I'll um be uncharacteristically brief uh, <laughs> <laughs> good luck <laughs> yeah I mean look the performances across the board in this movie are really strong Alex Dimitriadis Paul Capsis Julian Garner absolutely amazing And I like that we get three different versions of queerness from them as well. Mm. We can see that masculinity and femininities and queerness is expressed in different ways. And it does depend on your cultural background and on your life experience and your education and what you're doing, you know, Sean is a part of this uni group. So everything is political. We can see in Ari's brother's house how just everything has, there's a political poster in every single shot in that opening. And there's there's a rally for this and, you know, there's stand up for this community's rights. I think it's fantastic. But that tells us so much. So we can see that 
Sean would be really good for Ari because he would be, I think, the level head that Ari needs. Because I think mm-hmm. that Ari is such a totally different person. He's just a lot more genteel around Sean. The yep. acting is impeccable. Again, Alex, Paul, Julian, just perfection. So they were my favourites. It's it's hard to bolt anything that they've delivered here. There's a few really good lines in this movie. I do have to say that one of my favourite lines in this film, and it is actually taken from the text, and I remember because when I read it, it totally shifted my own point of view on my own identity and on the different types of groups and communities I belong to because as human beings, we just don't belong to one community or, or one group in a broader community. We, we're part of multiple communities. And I think that's what makes us so amazing <laughs> because we're multifaceted. But mm-hmm. in the movie, Ari is asked if he's proud to be Greek. Mm. And he replies, proud to be Greek. I had nothing to do with it. Mm. And it's actually an attitude that I've adopted (laughs) when I first read the book about myself. It was just like, well, I'm not ashamed of any of the communities that I am connected to, but I don't always feel this sense of pride because I (laughs) am unexceptional. (laughs) haven't really done anything to, to warrant pride, but one can't help but be proud of the communities that we're a part of and their achievements. But I've just sort of plotted along with them, I suppose, without any choice. It was all assigned before I left the womb. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. for me, I think that gives us a lot of insight into Ari because there isn't really mm. this sense of any accomplishment. And I, again, it's stuck with me for a reason because I get his point of view, but yeah. I think it dictates how he's treated life and his own self-identity at the same time. But for me, mm-hmm. that's a really significant line in understanding who Ari is and why he is the way he is. Mm. And another thing that he says very early on, and as somebody who is from European descent, I can attest to this is 100% true. (laughs) He tells someone, if you tell a wog the truth, they hold it against you. And again, that's said at the very beginning, and it explains why Ari can't be his true self, or I should say isn't Mm. ready to be his true self. Yep. And like we've been saying, this is why Johnny is confronting Aztula because Mm -hmm. he has expressed his truth. Ari has his own truth. We all do. And you know what? I don't think that there's any correct timeline or any correct way that you should express yourself or, or anything like that. It's an individual thing. And I feel like when you've got all of these pressures outside, that's when these internal struggles and conflicts affect you. And I think that that's what Ari is grappling with. Mm. So there are some of my favorite lines. Again, lots of scenes that I absolutely loved. One of them that I really liked, besides the the tea reading scene, and of course, Ari and Sean finally getting together just to ruin it for us as audience members. Thanks, Ari. (laughs) Thanks so much. Yeah. I do like the scene when Ari and Alex are ready to go out. They're all dressed up, having some dinner. And we've got 
the father, Dimitri, comes in, changes the record to some traditional Greek music, and he begins to dance and dances around the kitchen. And then when he goes to Ari, he drops to his knees and then starts dancing with his son. Dimitri is in a submissive position. It's Mm. almost like asking this type of forgiveness. It's passing the torch one generation to the other. It's idolizing his son and the scene plays on and doesn't always work out the best way between (laughs) parents and the kids. Oh man. But I just love those moments. Like, yes, there are traditional expectations that are confining Ari and Alex, but there's hints where those lovely traditions unite the family as well. And I do like that it is done through music because music is significant to Ari. And Mm -hmm. we learn through his love of music, through his discussion of music, through his brief discussion of film that he does engage with popular culture and that that is where a passion is. I think that's probably one of the only things that he's really passionate about besides having sex and taking drugs. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, I, I think that we do end the film on a tone that's, I'm going to say probably neutral. It's not Mm. optimistic, but I don't think it's pessimistic either. I think we're showing some slight growth from Ari. And I think the fact that he says that he's a sailor and a whore till the end of the world. And I just think it's this acknowledgement of identity and it's this ownership as he's dancing and We've got those flashes to the immigration boats arriving on Australian shores where his parents had come from. But he says, no one will remember me. I think he's really in that process of finding his place in the world. So as I said, I think Ari will be okay. And that's a lovely thing. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. Kendall, your final thoughts and a score out of five. (laughs) oh wow uh to sum up this movie uh we're gonna need another podcast i think (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you for introducing me to this movie yeah i'm i yeah i'm gonna have to read the book now i think Mm. but no i i yeah i really really enjoyed watching head on there's so much to clearly so much to dissect and discuss with this and you know that's really a mark of just an incredibly well-made film a lot of thought and care has gone into telling this story, adapting this story for the big screen. And that's just wonderful. Like just, you can tell that the people involved in this story really care about doing it justice, which is really nice. But I just, I don't know. I just, I just really love just how authentic it is, how realistic it is and just the ways that, you know, someone's life can be explored in a film, a character can be portrayed the fact that we were with Ari for so long throughout this whole thing and he's going through all these different experiences, meeting all, you know, meeting and seeing all these different people, but we're not getting to know them. We're getting to know him more on so many complex different levels. It's just incredible the way he's reflecting on them and then back on him sort of thing, but like just the way it kind of unlocks parts of him and his development as he goes through this story. It's just, it's just really powerful. Yeah, I really, really love it. And it's so, it's just, and it's so interesting too for someone to be so at war with themselves and who they are while simultaneously trying to figure that out 
And I love the fact that we kind of don't really get to a proper resolution by the end. Like you say, I feel like Ari is going to be fine as well. Mm -hmm. I do agree. You know, he's definitely, I think, on a maybe I don't want to say on a better path to where he was, but you know, I feel like he's he's been through some things that have maybe cleared up his mind a little bit. I don't know, but you know, I just love the fact that we're not like everything's not all hunky dory at the end, yeah. right? Things with Sean are really not great. Things with his family are not much better. He hasn't really come to terms with too much, but I think he has kind of acknowledged within himself that this is just his life and this is what he's got to deal with, what he's got to do. I hope he didn't run away to Greece and run away from everything. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him if he did, but no, I just, yeah. And just, it's such a beautiful, again, exploration of queerness in Australian cinema and portrayals of, of, of gender and, and, you know, representation and, and the different ways people can be, you know, to be, their true self really and I really really just hope that that Ari was able to I don't know even though he says my truth is my own I really just hope that he was able to share his truth with mm. the world eventually it breaks my heart that he was just you know the traditions of his family just prevented him from really being free I suppose in a yeah. way it's it's quite heartbreaking but I hope he he found some strength at some point later on in life. And I'm sure he did, but yeah, no, I, I just, again, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful film. It's shot so well, directed, acted, outstanding. Alex Dimitriadis just deserves the world from this film. Mm. Um, just hats off to him again for just completely breaking my heart and such a, just, just such a wonderful performance. And again, to have just a, a, a film that focuses on, different aspects of homosexuality in the 90s mm. in the 90s like that means so much i think it must have been groundbreaking back then it's not your average cinematic experience and that's just wonderful you know we need more stories like this yeah so i'm going to give head on uh, a four out of five wayne please i would love your final thoughts on a score out of five well, I enjoyed this movie very much. I think there's so much to unpack. I think it's so well made. I love the aesthetic as well. I love the way it's shot. I love that the way music is used in this film. The dialogue is so well done and feels so natural as well. But it also does deliver the message that it does want to deliver. The highlight for me, though, is the performances. Alex Dimitriadis is one of my favourite actors anywhere in the world. I will watch him in absolutely anything. I think he's such an incredible talent and I think he's contributed so much to the landscape of Australian film and television. And definitely if there's a title and you see Alex's name attached to it, just watch it for him <laughs> because he will always deliver the goods. There's something incredibly mesmerising and charismatic about him. And it's almost as though that when the character of Ari was first conjured up, <laughs> the image of Alex Dimitriadis was there as well. I feel like the role was just made for him and he's just incredible. Equally incredible is Paul Capsis as Johnny slash Tula. Paul Capsis is not an actor that I'm very familiar with, but I think he is so good in this and mm. he commits. 
He does not hold back. Like, he really brings it and gives it his all and refuses to let go with this. Absolutely outstanding. Mm -hmm. Julian Garner's performance as Sean is tender. It's totally opposite (laughs) to Ari. And we can see that they'd be good for one another. But there's just so much weighing on Ari's shoulders that it just cannot be. For now, at least, I'd like to think that they (laughs) got together. But let's be honest, that's just wishful thinking and was never going to happen anyway. But the portrayals of masculinity, of gender, just like you said, Kendall, is stunning throughout this movie. And the way that queer people look at their own queerness as well Mm. is interesting. I think as a representation of queerness, this movie is fantastic because it is unapologetic it is raw it is honest but there's also some tender moments there these characters always feel real a critique that i would have on the film is the little time that we do get to know the supporting characters because Mm. they're so intriguing again Mm -hmm. when you've got dialogue that is so well written when you've got actors who are just on point you want more and it's not the you want more because they've given you so much and you're greedy you want more because you get a sample but aren't given the opportunity to spend more time with them and i do appreciate that this is ari's story he's on his own drug-fueled odyssey so he's not with all of his friends all at the same time. I understand that and, and I appreciate that choice. But one can't help but really want to see a bit more of Tula. Want to see more of Joe and Dina. Want more of Sean. Want to see what Ari's brother Peter is getting up to as well. Yeah. I love the scenes at Ari's home. I love those scenes, that family dynamic that is so toxic and explosive because you've got generations clashing there's a lot of layers to this movie and with the time frame that it has less than two hours it can only explore so much but Mm -hmm. what it chooses to explore it does incredibly well Head On is by far one of my most favourite queer Australian movies and I will definitely be revisiting it again and again and again. A very high four stars from me as well. Lovely. (laughs) Wonderful. Beautifully surmised, Wayne, as usual. I'll stop now, Kendall. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, Kendall, we've watched Head On, but what else have you been watching whilst in lockdown? Yes. Wow, the watching never ends does it <laughs> no no one of the one of the things that we're, we're lucky i think to take advantage of the time we have while we're, we're locked down is mm. that we can we can seek out new content and seek out new films and just have the time to just watch things we otherwise just probably wouldn't watch but that being said i would like to recommend a recently released netflix film called worth mm. so this stars michael keaton Amy Ryan and Stanley Tucci. So you've got a stellar cast there and it's based on a true story. Michael Keaton is playing an attorney that is given the incredibly thankless and grueling task of assigning compensation amounts to the families of the victims of 9-11. Wow. Yeah. 
and it's a sign of the the disaster that I never heard about before. Mm-hmm. So I was really pleased to kind of see this aspect because I suppose it's not something that's ever really focused on. Like when people discuss 9-11, it's always the day and then the political aftermath, if you will, yeah. as well, as well as the health aftermath for the first responders and, and the, the things that they're constantly dealing with, which kind of actually gets mentioned in this a little bit because basically they have to kind of figure out what all of these people's respective lives are worth. Like what kind of sum should they be compensated, like their families be compensated for that would have amounted to what they could have produced had they lived, right? And so because you're dealing with people at the Pentagon, because you're dealing with CEOs in towers, right, as well as your nine to five office workers, your cleaners, your security, like you're dealing with all these different people and it's like, how do you put a value? How do you put a dollar value on a life? Yeah. You know, so... And it's the way this film explores it is very moving, very powerful, confronting in parts as well and superbly performed by the entire cast. I really, really, really loved it. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a bit tough in, in parts to watch because, you know, it's dealing with a real-life tragedy, but I think it's an important film to watch mm-hmm. for sure, give you a different kind of perspective on this atrocity that took place and how the families had to kind of, you know, one of the, one of the things, one of the many things I had to deal with following nine uh, eleven. So it's yeah, it's highly recommended for me. It is on Netflix, as I said. So go check it out. I would probably give worth three and a half out of five. But yeah, definitely worth the watch. Wayne, mm-hmm. any 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 lockdown recommendations this week? Well, I'm going in the total opposite direction to you. <laughs> 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 little embarrassed to say it now because you know you went deep (laughs) i did i'm sorry don't be sorry at all look sometimes i just need some light filler in between what i'm watching or in between what i'm doing background noise I just need it. and Nothing wrong with that. No. And you know what? And we've been watching a few heavy films lately, <laughs> you and I. So I just, yeah, we have. I, I, you know, I need, <laughs> I need some buffers. And so no better way than for me to, to get my uh, game show note on. And as you know, I love a good game show. <laughs> and I was back on Netflix. I was looking for Jeopardy. You know, I love my Jeopardy, Kendall. Yes, I know. I'm like, he's going to mention Jeopardy, isn't he? Well, I was going to, but it's not currently on Netflix. So I'm watching the American version of Wheel of Fortune at the moment. Oh. Just just don't ask why. It was there and now I'm committed. I wasn't. I wouldn't dream of asking why. I lived for Wheel of Fortune when I was a kid. Oh, I, I loved it. I want oh, the Australian Lord. series so badly. I really, really do. Oh, <laughs> because, my God. you know, Americanisms are different. <laughs> yes, they are. And, so, and the American version does not have Adriana wearing those stunning outfits. No, so. not at all. And it's just, it's so difficult, some of these puzzles. I'm telling you now. <laughs> Deep fried dill pickle. Like who the hell eats that? That was one of the answers. I'm like, what? What? Okay. 
yeah sure um, I'm, I'm better with the movie ones with the movie titles and Kendall I've heard a rumor that you don't mind a, a little franchise called the MCU uh, so I've mm. just heard, just heard that on the grapevine. And yeah, yeah, you might be onto something. I don't know. Yeah. Let me get so, back to you. So, so you'd be proud of me, right? There's the board, and we've been told it's a movie title with no letters revealed. Who guesses oh. Spider-Man: Far From Home? This guy. Hey! <laughs> and immediately, I was like, Kendall would be so proud. <laughs> And at I the am. same time, I'd be like, Kendall would have gotten it quicker than I did. <laughs> <laughs> if you do just need a bit of a break from all the heavy handedness in the world at the moment, I just think a glitzy 20 minutes <laughs> watching people guess words. And, you know, as a writer, I love words. I love seeing letters on the screen. So it was ticking all the boxes that I needed. But yeah, right. if, if you if you just need something that's fun and especially if you're not American, a challenge, <laughs> check out Wheel of Fortune on Netflix. I can't grade it. <laughs> just <laughs> some things are ungradable. <laughs> Five out of five vowels, Wayne. There you go. <laughs> Amazing. That is such a great recommendation. I love it. <laughs> I just love game shows, honestly. Like between oh, that yeah, and, you know, I'll dip into Mastermind Australia and, of course, Hard Quiz. I'm still watching oh, online as well. My, that yeah, hard, quiz hard, is my, quiz. hard Quiz is my favourite game show at the moment. They just can't produce enough episodes. So, yes. So stream all the game shows, people. Do it. Do it mm, right now. Do it. Yes. <laughs> right now. As soon as you finish listening to this podcast, that's what you're doing. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm not watching Wheel of Fortune, Kendall, I'm watching a lot of other things as well. And mm-hmm. so are you. And next time we'll be discussing them on Fred Watch. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> we will. So until then, I've been a Wayne Stellini. And I've been a Kendall Richardson. And you've just experienced Fred Watch. Music. And scene. Good chat, oh, good chat. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I knew this um discussion <laughs> would give us one, as opposed to uh last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we still managed a good chat uh, for Run Chrissy Run though, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I think we made we made the best of a bad situation. <laughs> Not the worst film we've seen. <laughs> no. No. Definitely not. But again, I felt like I had to give you a break and give you something good <laughs> this time around. No, thank you. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't promise the same for next time, but we'll see. <laughs> depends on your mood, depends who you talk to. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure I'm sure our next podcast is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to discuss it. <laughs> no. Pre-show shenanigans. Okay, I'm recording on Audacity too. Beautiful, the camera coin. Okay. Yeah, gosh, Melbourne, she hasn't been that lit for a while, has she? No. Mm. Oh. <laughs>
Soon. Soon, absolutely. Soon. Yes. We'll be back. <sighs> All right. Ready to rock? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. I was going to greet you in Greek, but I've totally forgotten how to say it now. I think it's like Yasu or something. But um, uh. but I didn't want to, I don't want to say it. Because <laughs> I don't That's want to fine. embarrass myself um, any more no. than I normally do. No. <laughs> or insult um, or, or insult anyone. <laughs> I save that for the other podcast where I insult people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all have different sides to our personalities, don't we? <laughs> yeah. We do, and it's funny how they come out in uh, in public mediums like this one. <laughs> Not like it could ever be held against me. <laughs> no, never. It's never. not like it's a permanent recording that's going out on the internet. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> Bless. Okay. Blooper reel. And I love talking movies with you, Wayne. Oh, I love speaking movies. I love speaking movies. <laughs> The irony that Wayne can't even speak. (laughs) Yes. Try that response again, shall we? Yeah. (laughs) Today we're going full on all night. Come on. It's head on. (laughs) Nice. That's a tagline. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) No, I didn't know that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love that so much. (laughs) It's it's great. You want to know something funny? I almost forgot again to cue you in. Almost. (laughs) It was so cute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That awkward silence. Yeah, I know. It was like, oh, wait, shit. Yep. It made for a great blue bar. I'm still editing, but it made for a great blue bar. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Look, I'm going to throw you in there every now and then because most of the bloopers are me and I'm like, hang on. I'm going to balance the scale a bit. Yeah, like, Kendall's amazing, but come on, no one's 100%. <laughs> oh, no. I am I am not perfect. No well, one's perfect Well, I didn't all. quite say that, though, but anyway. <laughs> 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 oh. Okay, time for synopsis. Yeah. Based on Christos Siolkis. Based on Christos... Oh, why do I... I was practicing before. Solkis. <laughs> The eye gets me. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why he clashes with Johnny a lot when Joel. They're trying to set up their own path about fitting into what Australia expects. He lives for the lifestyle that he has, having sex, taking drugs, getting drunk. He's an amazing dancer. Just putting that out there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Oh, no, I've totally forgotten where I'm going. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I've lost it, Kendall. I'm so sorry. I have no idea where I was oh, going. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. It's okay. Do you, I don't know, you were talking about Ari and oh, just, you, an you were calling him anti-hero. Yeah. yeah. You were saying he's an anti-hero, how he rejects. Yeah. He seems to re- yeah. reject uh, Australian mm. expectations as much as Greek. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I think I, think I can it? get back. I think I can get back. Okay. <laughs> you can do it. And I think one of the things that our, but I think the, the one of the moments that are, even yeah. the cops are, are appropriately antagonistic. And again, Paul Capsis 
fucking hands off, hats off, hand everything off to you <laughs> because my goodness. So if I'm going to give a score for hit on, I think it has to be uh, a four. Hmm, I hate choosing scores. I'm so indecisive. <laughs> I want to give it one. I was going to say, Kendall, you must be the only film critic who hates <laughs> giving a score to a movie. <laughs> I've never just... seen anyone struggle with it as much as you do every single time. And you know what? It's not like it's a surprise. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I don't, I, you know what, next podcast, I'm going to make up my mind before the podcast <laughs> instead of just doing it now because that's bad and I can't make decisions. I'm terrible. <laughs> so this stars Michael Keaton, Amy, uh, Amy Ryan. I was going to say Amy Smart. Bloody hell. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, because, my God. You know, American, American, American... Americanisms are different 